Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We are your hosts, Ross Barber. And Marcia Novelli. And today on the show, we have Lee Safar, a singer-songwriter, music entrepreneur, and founder of The Music Spring. How are you, Lee? Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. 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 How are you? I am fantastic for a Sunday morning. What time is it where you are right now? It is 8.23 a.m. And you're in Australia? I'm in Sydney, Australia. I am. It is 6.23 p.m. in Toronto here in Roz. And it's 11.23 p.m. So we just yeah. fit in the be- you know, morning, do. afternoon, evening. Wonderful. I'm living in your future, guys. I love I it. Know. What, I happens love it. To, yeah. what happens tomorrow? Saturday is extraordinary. <laughs> Sunday is looking great. since four, I've been up since 4 a.m. So Sunday is looking amazing so far. Oh, Bit yeah. of a head fuck, I've got to say. <laughs> it was a bit of a head fuck the first few hours. <laughs> However, now that I'm here with you guys, everything is good. Well, that's wonderful. That's so good to hear. I'm so glad <laughs> that I know what's going to happen between now and 4 a.m. is at least going to be awesome. So the world Consider doesn't Consider me end, your right? oracle. No, it doesn't. Okay, Not well, yet. that's good It is know. a few hours to go okay, good. before they all go and bomb the fuck out of everyone else. Well, yeah. We won't go into that retardness. We'll <laughs> so, talk about so. music business and shit. <laughs> Let's do that. So Three, three things about yourself that everyone should know. Go. Um, I love peanut butter. I am quite the private person and I'm completely unpredictable. Oh, well, wait, no, let me change the last one. I say fuck a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and no. anyone who's watched Lee's show, The Music Spring, will know that. Yes. 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 It seems to be so topical. Like, we have people contact us and say, we, my parents think it's not great that you say fuck a lot. I'm like, well, who's your parents? What do they do? <laughs> well, one of them said he's an astrophysicist. I'm like, well, why the fuck do I care what an astrophysicist <laughs> thinks of a music entrepreneur program? Exactly. And, and if an artist has a problem with the word fuck, you shouldn't be in the music industry. Move on. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's a... Uh, Lesson number one. Yes. So, so Lee, you started, uh, yes. you, you're actually, besides the music spring, you're a singer-songwriter. Yeah, I'm so, a releasing artist, yeah. How, uh, when did you start doing that? <clears throat> this year is my 10th year since I wrote my first song. No kidding. Yeah. 10 that's, years. That's really exciting. And how do you- yeah, it is exciting. Go on. How do you feel like you've evolved since you first wrote that song over the last decade? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, I was only thinking about this uh, the other day because uh, I was listening to the first song that I wrote the other day. And I when to give you some perspective, when I wrote my first song, 
I was married. I was in the corporate world. I was living a life where I was like ticking boxes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I had no concept of how obedient I was. Um, <clears throat> and what I mean by obedient, I was very much living a structured life that was safe. And I was obedient to all the belief systems that I was raised with. Um, from a religious and a moralistic perspective, as well as a societal perspective. And what music did was start me on the road to exploring beyond that. And I got rid of all my belief systems and started from scratch. Oh, that's beautiful. And, And now my life is beautifully passionate and constantly fear filled and fearless all at the same time. You know, core beliefs are some of the most difficult things to completely reinvent. Absolutely. they're established at such a young age. So that's, yeah. that's uh, I applaud you. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Literally applaud you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so tell us about the Twilight soundtrack. Um, that was a total... It, it was a whirlwind. It was a crazy, crazy whirlwind because at the time, social media really was emerging for artists. We didn't really quite understand how to use it. I mean, fuck, a lot of artists still don't understand how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> and so at the time, there was this thing called Twitter, you know. Oh, and, what, what's uh, that? Uh, no idea. Uh, it's not, no not going to go anywhere. No. No. It's another Facebook. You won't really hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, my space is here forever. Oh, yeah. Well. Um, yeah, totally. So, like, at the time, we were, I, I remember when it all started breaking because it was all fan-led. And uh, I got home from dinner with a girlfriend of mine and she said, I'm going to come up and get my DVD. So, She's up grabbing the DVD and it was still in my laptop. So I opened my laptop and to pull the DVD out and noticed that there was like 35 notifications on my Twitter. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like I've never had that many. <laughs> and then I refreshed and there was a few hundred. And I started going through and I'm like, Gabby, come have a look at this. This is weird. Like all these <laughs> Twilight people are like tweeting me. <laughs> it got to a thousand an hour. We were there for That's four amazing. hours. It <laughs> was mental. It was absolutely mental. And it was both elating and soul destroying all at the same time. Twilight fans are aggressive, savage motherfuckers. And I love them. <laughs> but... <laughs> I love them dearly. And, and, and I was a Twy fan at the time myself. Right. However, they are fiercely passionate. And uh, if they don't like you, they are going to protect the hell out of Twilight. And who the fuck do you think you are to think that your song belongs on the Twilight soundtrack? And I'm oh like, my God. wow, it was me. It was my fans. Relax. Oh my Back the fuck up. Back so, up. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was... It was weird. Like you go on tour with the cast and do all these gigs and things like that. And you're like, this, this is weird. I, I remember Chaskay and I uh, were sitting uh, 
it was here in Sydney. We were at the University of New South Wales. Chaske uh, is is the leader of the wolf pack in the movie. And we were just hanging out outside while everyone was in the auditorium listening to one of the one of the panels. And I had my team with me, but they were kind of sitting further away while Chaske and I were sitting down talking. We're just sitting on the ground. And we noticed a couple people come out. And we didn't really take very much notice of it. We just noticed that a couple of people came out. And then my photographer came up and she said, guys, I think you, you two should think about going inside. I'm like, what's the big deal? And more and more people came out and she came up and she said, you guys really need to think about going somewhere else right now. <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh, within about two minutes from that, we got mobbed. It was, <laughs> it was really scary. It really? Was, like, yeah, and like they were like jumping on him. Wow. It was horrible. <laughs> so that That's was insane. fun. <laughs> so how, so, so yeah. how, how did it all start? Like, was it your fans that actually submitted your song to the, the people that were in, in charge of the music or how did the opportunity come about? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was weird. A friend of mine... Uh, well, he wasn't even really a friend, and he, I mean he was, but we had just met. In we were in London, we had just friend and we we had just met, and he heard my music and he said, "I'm taking you to see a movie." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Your music has blown my mind. I'm taking you to see this movie." That's awesome. And uh, we went to see the movie, and like crazy weird shit, like what normally happens in my life with signs and stuff like that happened. And he said, we need to figure out how we get your song in this movie. I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, they're doing a trilogy. You need to, to figure this out. He said, I'm just going to send your music to some Twy fans and see what they think. He's a publicist. Ah, uh, gotcha. And I'm like do whatever you want. Like, I'm just like trying to figure my fucking life out. I've just left my <laughs> husband. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get through the first year of that. And so he sent it to uh, a couple people and they loved it. And he just said, listen to Lee Safar's EP and tell us which song you think should be on the EP uh, on the, on new moon. Well, Nutty Madam in the UK she loved it. She picked her song and she, she's the, she does the reaction videos for Twilight. She's really famous right. for oh, that. Oh, I, I know. Yeah, I know the one. Emma. Yeah. And she like cries and yeah, gets yeah. really emotional, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So she, she heard the EP and went nuts. So she did a, re a reaction video about hearing the EP and picked the song. Well, she got 200,000 views on that, on that video. And all of a sudden, like, people were starting to write about it. And someone that I knew tweeted, I mean, by this time we had been talking with people and whatnot and, and uh, someone had tweeted to me, I heard a secret that Lisa Farr's song is going to be on the New Moon soundtrack. And I thought that was funny, so I retweeted it. And then somebody else retweeted it. <laughs> and then... All of a sudden, uh, and I wrote on my Facebook page, hey, guys, go check out what's happening on Twitter. That's really funny. Little did I know that someone who I was friends with 
we were just Facebook friends because, I, you know, she added me and we, were, we just got on really well. Little did I know that she owned the Twilight Facebook page, oh. the <laughs> official Twilight Facebook page. So what did she do? She took the song and she took the tweet and she posted it on the Facebook page for Twilight, oh which at the time had 9 million people on it. So everyone was going nuts. And then soon enough, <laughs> MTV Hollywood... Wrote an article saying, what do Lisa Farr, Kelly Clarkson, Madonna, Coldplay and Kings of Leon all have in common? They're all being considered for the Twilight soundtrack. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, whoa. It's crazy. This, this Twitter thing? Hmm. <laughs> there might be something here. It almost became like a self-fulfilling <laughs> Yeah, and it just went nuts. Like, MTV ended up writing four articles. I got hit up for interviews, I like crazy. It was insane. And so that was two years. It went on for two years. And then when I didn't get on the soundtrack, it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. It was... It was. I love your sense of humor. I had to get. I had to create a video just to tell them that I wasn't on the soundtrack, and I was happier that I wasn't on the soundtrack because having seen what I had seen, I didn't want to be a part of that whirlwind, and nor was my career ready for me to be a part of that. So I had made that business decision that even if, like if they say yes, that's fine. We'll have to find a way to run with it. Right. But if they say no, I felt a sense of relief. And so I posted this video saying, guys, I just want to let you know it's not going to be on the soundtrack and that I'm okay. First and foremost, I need you to know that I'm okay. Well, fuck, they were devastated. They were so upset and they're so beautiful. I have the best fans in the world. But they were really, really devastated about the fact. They were so invested in in me getting on the soundtrack that when I wasn't on the soundtrack, they felt that they had failed and uh -huh. they broke my heart. I was, I was fixing, trying to help them get through the ordeal. Guys, it's okay. I didn't get on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, this has been an amazing ride so far, but trust me, this is not the direction that I want my career to go. I uh -huh. don't want to be part of the fashion music business. Uh -huh. I'm an artist who writes stuff about, how I'm discovering myself and how I'm trying to re-piece myself together. Being a part of that big, big, big business is not going to actually help me achieve the things that I'm looking to do as an artist within myself. It's going to detract me from that. And that's, that's been the direction that the conversation has gone with my fans since then and has been incredible. It is so fucking cool, the relationship that I have with my fans. I was going to say, speaking of your fans, uh, you crowdfunded your new album. We crowd haven't writing. started that yet. So they're you're getting... Gonna be, you're going to be write, crowd writing? Sorry, crowd yeah, right. yeah. 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 So this has never been done before. We're going to co-write the whole album together. It's an, an enormous project. Uh, and it's, going, it's a two-year project. Where we have been in, in planning for it the whole of this year and we will be in planning for it at least another six months. What are the legal logistics <coughs> to writing co-writing with several different people it's a wee bit of a nightmare uh -huh. and what we decided we have to do is um we have to tell people we have to have a blanket statement up front saying 
this is what's going to happen, this is how it's going to be done. Uh-huh. We can't have people who have publishing deals be a part of this. Uh-huh. So the point of the album is to explore what the album is called, Love and Other Delusions. And what that means is, <clears throat> excuse me, what when we're kids, we're taught that love is a certain thing. We learn it from fairy tales. We learn it from movies. We learn it from the people around us. And we have this idea of what love is going to be like when we get older. But then we grow up into our life and we experience this thing that is love that doesn't match that ideal of what we saw in fairy tales and we are head fucked. And so we're constantly trying to figure out, am I doing this right? Why doesn't it feel like it did in those movies when I was a little kid? And how come there is no Prince Charming and I'm sitting around waiting and this guy turns up in my life and he's kind of cool, but he hasn't swept me off my feet and there hasn't been any magical kiss that wakes me up from this oblivion, blah, blah, blah. And so we're constantly like looking at different things than what's actually happening in the now. And me for one, I want to explore the difference between that fantasy love and that authentic love and that unconditional love. And 100% of the people that I speak to about this, excuse me, everyone says, "How how can I be a part of this? I want to understand it too. And so I think... This is an important conversation for us to have. It's, it's, it's in, integral to our consciousness as a collective to start understanding and the layers that have been put on our souls and our expectations of what living is when it comes to love. I think that society and the establishment and all those, you know, intricate systems that have been placed around us are geared to have us believe that love is something very different than what it really is. Freedom is not important. Love isn't a ring. Love isn't how much you spend on somebody, you know, what present you got them. I I, act very funny. You said this just uh, my my wife and I wear wedding rings and we both think it's the stupidest thing ever. And you know, I'm at the point where often we don't wear it for days on end just because it's like, that's not our love. You know, that's no. not, it's, it's very, it's actually very, and especially it's only been, a, I mean, the, the idea of a wedding ring is less than a hundred years old. <laughs> the idea, so the, the idea of like a diamond ring and to, you must yeah. get a diamond ring to propose and all that kind of thing. It, it's a very, very interesting, um, it's, it's always r- really interesting to break away from the, the way that society has made you believe that you should be. And a lot of people have a real problem with that. When you do do that, you get a lot of resistance. It's a structure of ownership, and I'm a, I'm I'm not a fan of ownership of anything. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of detachment. But I think what's even more interesting there is the fact that we wear these rings, even though we know, even those of us who have become conscious of the idea that this is like myself, not something. Yeah, exactly. What is it? What's that tiny little space between what you know and feel doesn't work with your vibration? Mm-hmm. And the fact that you continue to do it, that little space is what will bring you freedom. Absolutely. So yeah. tell us about the Music Spring. What got you started? Uh, what inspired you to start the Music Spring? I am, I am from the corporate world. So um, I used to work for IBM and I didn't fit in there. Even though I was there for, for eight years, I kept feeling like I just, this didn't work for me. I, I desperately wanted to fit in. Much like in religion, I desperately wanted to fit in. 
but it and I worked really hard at fitting in in both of those things but when you know you know and eventually the universe kind of says he's your out as you put it out there too right yeah totally and I mean you only receive exactly. what you put out there so and the more open you are like and it comes in tiny little chunks you know and and once you walk that tiny little step of going mm, maybe this isn't right for me just that considering kind of pushes you to that point where eventually those tiny little steps go, I am so not fucking with these people and eventually you're out there, you know. And so um, I came into the music industry late, quite late, compared to, you know, my, most artists start quite young. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't. Um, and I'm really glad that my life course happened that way because by the time I came into the music industry, I'd had a career. And when I did come in, I was looking at what was going on around with the labels and Napster and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, this is all going to fall over. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I could see it happening. This business model doesn't work. And the labels just were reacting very slowly and uh, two years ago now, we were at a, uh, a friend had invited me to go to a business conference with him and we were sitting in the audience and the, the speaker was saying, so when you're looking at creating business models, the way to do something like that is find what's not working mm-hmm. and try and bring the people together who can fix that. And I'm from Syria, so the Arab Spring is incredibly close to my heart. Um, And when I was looking at what was happening with the Arab Spring, how the people had decided that this isn't good enough for us. We need to, we can come together and change this. I was looking up at this guy saying this stuff about people coming together to fix something that is broken. And immediately, I, I said it out loud. I went, oh, my God, the music spring. Hmm. And I looked at my friend who was next to me. I went, the music spring. And he said, yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And so uh, I didn't even know what it meant. It ju- I just let it roll around in my head for about six months. And when I finally figured it out, it was three weeks from then the, the show went live. <laughs> it's, it's very funny because that, it's very similar like Ross and I it just happened it's one yeah. of those things that just felt right I don't even know how it happened we just well you just done your interview with Music Bizcast and as soon as you finished doing it you messaged me and said let's do a podcast and I said okay <laughs> simple as that and it, so you can just, relate to anything that yeah. I find so far in my years on this planet and you probably relate to this, it's, it's the easiest things, the things that just feel right, that, that are right, I guess, that, that feel yeah. that you're not overthinking it. There's, no, there's nothing beyond just feeling like you want to share some sort of experience, and it, it's coming from such a true place. There was no thought of, you know, um, okay, we're going to do something to make money or something. You know, in yeah. fact, it's, it, as you know, it's a very time-consuming oh, thing to yes. do. And <laughs> just the emails alone, it's a, it's a lot of work and everything, yes. and it's just for the pure passion of it. So it's something that I think Ross and I, being very new to this, something that you're not so new to, that, that we are, um, 
it's it's it really is you've got to do it because it feels right and it's natural and we can definitely relate to that i know i can um, it's funny you say that the guy who was sitting next to me at the time he and his family happened to be living in LA at the same time as I was living in LA and they had moved back to Australia, I had moved back to Australia. When we were living in LA all at the same time, he and I would catch up regularly. And uh, he said to me, Lee, I wanna teach you something that a very wise person once said to me. Because at the time stuff was going really hard for me and I didn't understand why I was struggling so much. And he said, you have to just go with the natural forces the natural forces will show you exactly where you need to go. And when you do flow with the natural forces, everything flows easy. And, and this is exactly what's happened with the music spring and with what's happening with this show. I think that this show is actually going to be a really big thing in music business. What you guys are doing. I think it's really oh, important. Oh, jeez. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, and I dreamt of it last night. No way. Yeah, no, seriously. That's really cool. Yeah, you guys need to keep doing this. Um, I think it's an amazing outlet. I think it's a really great way for artists to be represented authentically. And I know this interview hasn't been all funny and humorous and everything. No. But, um, yeah, this is actually going to be quite a big brand. So keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you for that. We're we're excited about uh, promoting it on the Music Spring. Very cool. Awesome. That is very, very cool. cool. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know what to say. That's just very nice. It's, uh, you know, we're just doing it for the love of it and just want to share yeah. these experiences with people. I um, think that this is the new music industry, the way, the way that um, all these little things that are starting up where they're run by passionate people, this is the new music industry. Passion is going to be driving. Yeah, absolutely. And, and having artists plugged into that that are focused on music entrepreneurship and all of us working collectively together to raise that vibration. That's what the music spring, the music spring is the core of that. We're the connector that brings all of these people together so that they can start doing all of that. I love it. So what sort of, do you have any interesting or funny stories that you've um, over the last, uh, I guess, decade or even the last few years uh, being a singer songwriter, as well as uh, running the music spring, um, I know uh, that Ross had pointed out that you had been uh, flying to LA to meet with some producers. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was an interesting experience. It, not funny at all. That was, um, you know, you you go and you meet with these people who say that they are the producers of massive massive bands in the world and they and they are they they this particular producer was responsible for some of the biggest names that ever released but he was responsible for them as an A&R manager not as a producer so he took a lot of my money mm-hmm. and uh, at a time when yeah I remember we were up in his mansion and we were in uh, pre-production and this was the second day of pre-production and we were working on some songs and he was on a drum kit with a phone on his lap and all of a sudden his face went green and I said to him, you okay? And he went, I just lost a few million dollars. I'm like, what? 
He went, yeah, apparently everything's crashed. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, apparently, like, the world markets have all just fallen over. It was the, the, cra- the crash in 2008, the big, oh, okay. big, big crash. And my immediate thought was, oh, my God, this guy, I just paid this guy most of my money. And I think that everything is going to get really tough for the next 10 years globally. Uh-huh. And I've just given him all my money. <laughs> And he got so broke that he could, literally couldn't pay for lunch. His own lunch, not my lunch. He couldn't pay for his own lunch. Oh, my God. And you're in a situation, like, imagine this. Like, I, it was the year I had literally left my safe life. I left the country I lived in. I left my marriage. I left my family. I left my friends. I moved to Los Angeles. I handed over my money to this guy. I knew nobody in Los Angeles. And I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And yet, everybody around me was going, oh, my God, Lee's working with (laughs) said douchebag. How exciting is this? Like, he's done this band and this band and this band. She's going to be so famous. Uh And it's so incredible. And so here's the dichotomy. You are feeling like you just want to die Uh because you can see what's happening. You can see. You're in it. You know this gut-wrenching experience. And then you have to go into Universal Studios and record this thing knowing what's happening. And it was sickening. The whole experience was sickening. But everybody around me was like, oh, my God, my friend's in L.A. doing this. And, oh, my God, the fans were going nuts over it. Dichotomy is the word right there. The dichotomy Dichotomy. between those two completely different energies. Insane. And that's exactly the the point. That, That whole experience is what fed the necessity for the music spring. Coming around full circle, I like it. Yeah, totally. That um, that idea that I never want another artist to have to swim in that bullshit because they don't understand mm-hmm. how it works. They don't understand that you don't need to be played that way to be mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even if you are played that way, it doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's that's and the that's the facade, right? Absolutely. And I was, when I look back at it and I see how beautiful the universe works with all of it because I see all the things that were telling me, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, Re- leading up to being on the way to the studio. It's not too late, get out. It's not too late, get out. All the little, all the people that were sent to me to say these certain things and I, I knew it like when I looked at every single, in hindsight, you know, it's such a beautiful thing. And you look back at it and you think at least eight people clearly told me without them realizing it, this is how this is going to play out. <laughs> they, they didn't say in, in those words. Like uh-huh. people would say to me, so hold on, I'm confused. Like, so this was somebody completely out of the music business. Um, 
he said, can you come over? I need, to, I need to have a chat to you. Come to the office. And he sat down and he said to me, so listen, I know that everyone is like so excited about this thing that you're doing, but I, something just doesn't make sense to me. If this guy thinks that you're the next big thing, how come you're paying him? <laughs> yeah. And immediately my heart sunk because he was so right. He was so right. And that's the point when you're so invested and everybody around you is creating all this much hype and you've handed over half the money and the contract that he's written is a very LA contract. So it says you're going to lose that deposit no matter what. And you think, well, I can't get out of this now. Now I know I can get out of it and I could get a lawyer and I could get all of that money back and then some, given what he had done. Actually, this leads right into my next question. Having yep. gone through that, what sort of advice would you give to aspiring musicians and, you know, someone who is offered a deal like that? I would say that if somebody believes in you, they won't require any money from you. If somebody believes in you, they understand what's going on in the music industry and they won't require you to pay for their services. It is absolutely different if you go up to somebody, if you go up to an attorney and say, I need you to read over this contract for me. You understand that that's an exchange of service for money and everyone knows what's expected. But when someone comes up to you and says, I can make you a star. I believe in you. I believe that you're the next big thing. It's only going to cost you X amount of dollars. Ah, yes. In that situation, yes. I thought you you in general, because, for example, like, um, when I did my debut album, I worked with uh, producer Jim Wirt, and he's still very supportive to this day. But, yeah, of course I paid him for his work. But he never came up to me saying, I'm going to make you a star. You know, it was... You know, you want to yeah. make a record together. So, yeah, Absolutely. that makes perfect sense. When someone comes so, up to you and says, they're going to make you a star. Yeah. And, but, you know, give me 100 but grand or 50 grand. He's still operating now. Mm. But this big, big, big douchebag. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> I would so happily say it if say I wasn't going to get No, I would get sued. You'd get sued? <laughs> yeah. Just know that his name has a color at as his surname. Yeah, you can't get sued for that. Yeah. So, Leah, are you ready for 20 questions? Oh, yes. I'm very excited for 20 questions. All right. Ready, I'm set. I'm scared. Got to tell you. <laughs> Go. Don't be scared. Coffee or I should tea? just say, oh, coffee. Sorry, what were you going to say? I should just answer peanut butter to everything. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Oh, veggies. I'm a vegan. Ah, that's right. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we already established this. I get so excited. Every <laughs> this is stupid. Me too excited. CD or vinyl? CD. Summer or winter? Winter. Peanut butter or jelly? Oh, my God. What's jelly? <laughs> Twitter or Facebook? Both. Melody or rhythm? Melody. Rock or EDM? Ooh, Both. <laughs> indie or major oh god fuck really indie <laughs> rain or shine say again rain or shine rain I love I love like 
curling up in bed when it's raining and then like Me writing too. music. Yeah. No, I love, I love sunshine for my well being, but I don't write unless it's like winter or rain. So yeah, it's bad same. for my songwriting career. <laughs> I can't wait to hear some of your music. I think that oh, cool. we've probably got quite a good vibe, like yeah, a I similar so. vibe. Yeah. Nine awesome. Inch Nails or Miley Cyrus? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Please don't even get me started on that bitch. Go on. <laughs> Yoga or yogurt? Yoga. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Celine. Kylie Minogue? Or no. Minogue. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Ross, 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 you say this one, okay? <laughs> Kylie Minogue or Delta Goodrum? They're Australian. Oh. <laughs> uh, I know the songwriter for Delta. So uh, Delta's songwriting, Kylie's persona. Okay. Okay, Ross, you finish this off. <laughs> okay. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Uh, Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. Twilight or Harry Potter? Oh, that one's probably the hardest so far. Good. <laughs> Can you say it like a British person though, Ross? Oh, sorry. Twilight or Harry Potter? <laughs> you, you can't say the Harry H, Potter. though. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with... I have to go with Twilight. Yeah, I think you'd be slaughtered if you didn't. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Oh, uh, Ricky Gervais. Yes. Whale or Kale? Kale. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. So embarrassing. <laughs> It's my automatic reaction. <laughs> yeah, Kale, you like Someone Kale. says a vegetable, I love vegan. you. I know, yeah, I know. We're such <laughs> deplorable vegans. No vegans wonder everyone like, hates us vegans. Yeah, right? I heard You're this vegan. joke once. Thanks, the, uh, uh, thumbs up for being vegan. I know, right? I, I heard this joke once, a guy who came on my show, he said to me, how do you know if someone's a vegan? Because they'll tell I'm you. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'll tell you. I'm like... What the fuck? I don't tell everyone I'm a vegan. And then every time yeah, I say do. to someone, well, but I'm vegan. I'm yeah, like, we do. Fuck yeah. I do we always have everybody. this smug look on our faces like, yeah, we're like, morally superior than you are. Totally. Yeah. Bette Midler okay, or the Riddler? I'm, I'm a massive Bette Midler fan. Ah. Okay. And the last final one, the drum roll. I don't, I keep doing drum rolls and doing a trumpet sound. <laughs> Ross you. or Marcio? I would take you both at the same time. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's not the first time I've heard that. It's really not. Uh. <laughs> Woo! I have to take my sweater off. It's going on here. I'm all sweaty. Jesus. <laughs> oh, Lee. I'll take that to my Lee, next meeting with me. You are wonderful. Uh, what's on your iPad these days? What, are you, uh, what music are you listening to that everyone else should be checking out? Uh, actually, a band that Ross put me onto. Yeah, I'm listening to a lot of Rita Payne at the moment. Ah, yeah, we actually, we've had them on the show. They're, uh, yeah. they're really cool. I had them on my show and their music is outstanding. Yeah. So They're, yeah, they're I, going places for the right totally. reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. They're beautiful humans and uh, they're really authentic and their music is just who they are. So That's what uh, it should be. Exactly. So they're, they're, everyone should check them out. I've got Miss Lauren Hill also. Oh, yeah. Oh. I used to listen to Lauren Hill. Yeah. In the day. 
Yeah. I love her because the, the MTV Unplugged album she did was really, really good. Really yeah. good. She has a really bad cold and she's like really ill and she's like and she's like coughing through the songs and she cries and it's just it's very real. It's no really way. Good. Yeah, it's yeah, really and good. she's she talks a lot. She's like yeah. talking about the establishment and how ha- and the illusion and and all the illusions that are placed in front of us. So you should you would really like it, Marcio. Check yeah, it out. Yeah, definitely. It's really good. It's I'm really, really good. Definitely gonna check that out. <laughs> so and the us- other, uh, I got one more. Yeah, one please more? do tell us. Share <laughs> music. Hey, we are all about share music on here. So. Yeah, above and beyond. Above, above and, and beyond. beyond. Cool. Yeah, oh, the amazing trance kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Where are they from? I'm familiar with them. From the UK. The UK. Cool. And awesome. where can people find you online? I found you it. I sounded so enthusiastic, didn't I? You did. Yeah. I'm kind of everywhere. I'm a social media whore. Um, <laughs> well, I, I should mention here that we we waited about five six minutes to get started here because Lee had to do her social media social media ing. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. But people can find you at leesafar.com. Yeah, right. leesafar.com uh, on Twitter, leesafar. Leesafar. They uh, should definitely check out themusicspring.com. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Also, I'm kind of everywhere. Just Google Lisa Far and you'll find all the crazy shit that goes on in my life. <laughs> it's quite, I, I often say to people, I have quite the extraordinary life just because I have amazing people that find me and share their lives with me. And I feel very humbled by that. Uh, you know, I love your energy, honestly. Uh, same to you, honestly. <laughs> I, I loved your energy. I love your energy. Um, Thank you. I, I definitely it, it's a beautiful energy and uh definitely would love to have you back and, i would uh, love yeah, to i think i think you've got a lot more to say <laughs> so i, I think, I think uh, we have at we least definitely five episodes to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we can do we can definitely do more absolutely Excellent. i'd love to have well, i'd love you. to come back thank you so much and it's been an absolute pleasure awesome peace love and peanut Take butter guys <laughs> okay bye, <laughs> bye Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.